0: please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion But may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program. Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and happy new year. This is the beginning of 2017 and we're really, really excited about this show for where it's going to go in 2017. I've just been doing so much research lately and spent a lot of time developing some new curriculum. I really appreciated having the time off. And uh, so we just have a lot of things we want to share with you. This show is called Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. I am your host. My name is Opal Singleton, and your other host is Susie Carpenter. Say good morning, Susie. Good morning. (laughs) Susie and I live in different cities, but we work together, and we do it all by uh, email and like that, and every now and then we encounter each other in person. That's always interesting. And we put together this show. This show we want to do as basically Human Trafficking 101. I was thinking, you know, I'm so deep into the new technologies and we will be doing future shows on some of the new technologies. And it is absolutely mind boggling what is about to happen. We just saw on and Kids Facebook page a link to a story where live streaming is coming into your video games. So I'm really deep into the weeds on this sort of thing as we look at encrypted messaging and disappearing video and live streaming in your video and like that. But as I began to do that research, it occurred to me that we have a lot of new followers and we really think maybe the best thing to do is return to the basics. And that's what this show is really all about. So, we want you to get acquainted with us. Uh, my name is Opal and Susie uh, and I both work deep in human trafficking. I work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force and me and kids which Susie and I support is that uh, serves as the training and outreach coordinator for the task force. That means that we work with real cases. We often run Million Kids, Missing Kids, where I personally work with the parent and Susie does too, and we began to help find missing kids. So you can get to know more about us by going to our webpage at www millionkids.org now let me spell that it's m-i-l-l-i-o-n millionkids.org not one million kids not a million kids it is simply millionkids.org and it is called that because of the fact that over a million kids are trafficked throughout the world now we're talking about hardcore sex trafficking in those numbers, but often you will hear me talking about sextortion and social media exploitation and child pornography. The website for this particular show is Exploited Crimes, E-X-P-L-O-I-T-E-D, if you can't spell exploited, especially since this show goes out to 170 countries and your English may be limited. That is exploitedcrimes.com. And if you go to that website and you go on to listen and scroll down you will see all the archive shows from previous shows. This is really really important for us because we these shows are free to you and you can go out and look at all these archive shows and give yourself free education. I think we're at 25 or 26 different shows on there. So you can put them on iPad or iPod or I guess they're available on iTunes too. And so educate yourself. You can also get an embed code and put that on your website yourself if you run a church or a nonprofit and you want to educate others. If you should want to contact me, you can reach me at opal at meandkids.org. That is opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org. Well, the call-in number for this show, if you're here in America, is 866 472 Five seven eight eight. Let me say that again. Eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight. So we've covered a lot, but I do want to tell you one more thing, and that is we have a new local radio show in Southern California, and it is every Saturday afternoon at three thirty on KTIE five ninety, The Answer, and it's a half hour show. This week we'll be talking about online gaming, and we hope that you will share that with all your friends. 590 on your radio dial and that's at 3:30 this Saturday. So enough about all of this, I want to start to talk about basic sex trafficking. Now, that's not as easy as you might think because quite frankly, there's no such thing as just your typical sex trafficking story. They come in all kinds of sizes, if you will, all kinds of intensity. The victims come from all kinds of backgrounds. It's interesting to me because I like to, um, whenever possible, hear a victim's story, a survivor's story. That's important to me because they help humanize what happens. Because I do so much research, I have a tendency to look at things from a standpoint of solving a crime. And, um, and so when I hear a victim's story, it really puts the real-life experience in it. But what I also find is that survivor's stories are uh, surrounding their particular experience And what I see is there is a large range of the ways that people get recruited, the reasons they were vulnerable in the first place, the level of intensity of the abuse, whether they were recruited by a guy or a girl, whether they were in a sex trafficking gang, or if this was a boyfriend that lured them in, or maybe they got started because they got involved in social media exploitation which led out to them meeting up and then going out. So there's a lot of different factors in these. So I just really want to clarify, because it's very easy for us to listen to a video, and there's a lot of documentaries out there now. But I want you to remember, while that is powerful and important, and that girl's story is very, very important, I would never take away anything from that. If you truly want to learn about human trafficking, I would encourage you to look at a lot of different stories. Now, Susie is the the, uh, director for um, our media marketing director for me and kids. And she is by far the very best in the business. I'd put her up against anybody. And she (laughs) operates. It's true. you, You deserve every bit of the accolade because you're very good. And we're very, very fortunate to have your talents to be able to tell this story. So as you look at this I want to encourage you to go to Facebook and join the Me and Kids Facebook page. Just go on Facebook, find Me and Kids and hit like and begin to follow us. And I want you to look at these stories. Now some of these stories are horrific. And others of them are are interesting, I'll say. But I'm not here to just to have you go, oh, wow, what a creep. They ought to castrate them, blah, 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 okay? <laughs> yeah, they ought to. But I want to use these stories to educate you. I'm not here to entertain you. If we need your help and we need you to get up to speed, I want you to look at each story from the standpoint of the predator, of the, of the uh, victim, And from the standpoint of law enforcement, what can we learn? Was she a runaway? Was she only 14? Did she come in from the big city? Did she come from Pennsylvania to California thinking she was going to be a movie star? Was this a boyfriend that she fell in love with? Was this some guy she met on the internet? Put yourself in her shoes and start to say to yourself, okay, how do I keep this from ever happening to another girl? Look at how the, the predator operated. In 60% of the cases, there's another woman. In fact, Susie and I just did a couple of uh, shows on when the woman is the predator. Think about what that means to the victim, a girl trusting another girl. Think about how law enforcement can find these and what needs to be done to make these cases easier to solve. So survivors have different stories. The other thing I want to address, because we often get this, especially if I'm speaking to a group that has a particular ethnicity to it, is each ethnicity thinks that their ethnicity is the most highly targeted. Well, what is interesting is when you look at the statistics out there, it's fairly equal. You'll have uh, African-Americans, you have Asians, you have Latinos, you have Caucasians, and And you have a mix of others in there. So there's about equal. Now, I will tell you that there's unique um, points of uh, ways that they're recruited and exploited based on a particular ethnicity. But it is about equal. In fact, when I look at Backpage, which I do regularly, looking for uh, missing kids, I'm appalled. It seems like to me that Asians are the most highly targeted. Uh, because you see lots and lots of Asian girls in those ads. But maybe it's just that they're the most prolific in their advertising. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And you don't see as many Asian advocates. And that's an area where I believe we need uh, groups and ethnicities. I've been working with the East-West television series And uh, that targets uh, Chinese all across America. And I encourage them to come forward and help protect some of their own. Now, I understand that in the Asian ethnicity doesn't mean that you're all of the same background. And that is one of the challenges is you have multiple languages and multiple cultures. So there's a variety of ways that this can happen. I'm already starting to see that we might need to make this into a two-part series (laughs) because we're getting ready for a break and I haven't even got started on this thing. But I, I just want to caution you if you're new to this not to lump all of these into one area because they're not all the same. And they're not all the same in ages, by the way. Obviously, a girl that's 11, 12, 13 years old is going to be extremely vulnerable. Okay, because she doesn't have cognitive reasoning and she's hormonal. And a lot of the factors on that is going to be what was her home life. We're going to be talking about that literally 60 percent of kids in prostitution come from foster care. Why is they're very young and they're very vulnerable and they are believing that anything out there has got to be better than what they have. 80% of homeless kids come from foster care. When I train over in Skid Row or I train homeless advocates or outreach people, how do you tell them the difference between an exploited person that is homeless and a homeless person who's being raped? It is oftentimes a homeless girl is a raped girl. And so that is a contributing factor. In fact, I have a survivor that works for me that was, that learned very early that she could not sleep all night if she was homeless because she would be raped. Well, we already plowed through the first section here, and I'm just getting on a roll. So stay with us. We're against a break, and we'll be right back.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about basically Human Trafficking 101, and this is Opal Singleton, your host, and Susie Carpenter is here with me, and we are with Million Kids. And the reason that I want to cover this, and Susie and I were talking at break, that we have some great conversations at break. By the way, you should join us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were talking at break, and we were saying this has got to be two-part series because we're just really getting going. The other thing that has we want to really make clear to you is there's no such thing as the typical sex trafficking, and I really want to overcome that theory because there are so many people now talking about this. When I first started in this business, all oh, eight years ago, you know we. We I did a lot of research and we kind of had a tendency to talk in terms of Romeo pimp and gorilla pimp and you know uh, those kinds of things. But the longer I'm in this, the more I realize this is a very complex subject. And while it's interesting to encapsulate it into a 30-second, I mean 30 minute and quite frankly, Rotary's want a 20 minute study of human trafficking. I'm like in 20 minutes you can barely spell human trafficking. This is very complex, and we need to be careful of not making stereotypes of it. So they're all ethnicities, and quite frankly, they're all ages. Now, we were talking about age. 11, 12, 13, you'll see the big factors in that usually have to do with They've been previously sexually molested. There are all kinds of numbers out there. And if you're training yourself on this subject, I caution you to be very careful because there are some organizations that just throw out outlandish numbers because they're trying to raise money. Uh, They're working on donations, as does me and kids. In fact, I'll take a little minute out for a, a Commercial, this is the end of the year. If anybody wants to donate to Me and Kids and get a tax deduction in 2016, simply go to www.meandkids.org and make your donation, and we will truly, truly appreciate it. We are mostly a volunteer organization, and we need funding to be able to keep this going, so we appreciate it. But that's enough of that. My point is, is that people will often... Uh, Throw out outlandish numbers. Me and kids, because we work law enforcement, I always try to choose the lowest numbers because it's bad enough as it is. But it is believed that somewhere between 70 and 90% of people in sex trafficking were previously sexually molested, and that is both girls and guys. So it is that is obviously the elephant in the room that very seldom gets talked about. If you were previously sexually molested, please get counseling. If you know somebody that was, if you have a child in your life that was, start right today and get counseling because you have to work through level upon level of trauma and also grief because you're suffering the loss of your innocence. And it is that loss of innocence that will keep you trapped. It is that self degradation that belief that you are so bad now, that you are tainted, that you're ruined. And I can tell you that pimps and predators prey on that. They glob onto that. They can sense it a mile away. And so we would ask you that if that is the number one big factor, especially 11, 12, 13 years old, get them counseling. But that is true even as you get a little bit older. It is that age group that we see most often the way they are recruited is either through social media, which is why I spend so much time talking about social media exploitation, or it's through a boyfriend. You'll see that or they're a runaway and they have very few choices. So here we are. We're only in a very young age group and we've already given you a grid of 11, 12, 13, runaway. No, maybe previously sexually molested. Hey, maybe they're in a two party household with doting parents in a private school and they run off with a boyfriend. See what I mean by the range of possibilities? They don't all fit in a tidy little box. And we can say, okay, she did this, so therefore she fits this model. It's not like that. You have to think in propensity factors. And the fact that they were previously sexually molested is going to be a huge, huge issue. Now, you add that to the fact that she very likely came from a bad home life. And you have a very big deal going on there. You have a girl that's just shot up from maybe 20, 30, 40% likelihood up to that 70, 80, 90% likelihood of being recruited, being easy prey, being what we call low-hanging fruit, being that vulnerable person that's out there. And these pimps can smell those kids a mile away.
0: Yes, they, they have can. a
2: demeanor, they're kind of shy, they're kind of emotional, they're not sure of themselves, they're willing to take risks. Maybe they're just the opposite of that. Maybe they're defensive, they're outgoing, they're bullish. They're, uh, I get these kids all the time when I train in classrooms. By the way, last week I did six presentations in a high school in one day. I'm getting too old, folks. I need volunteers. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it was an eye-opening. Um uh, in there because you'll have this kid who's really kind of shy and retiring and an easy low-hanging fruit and then you'll have this kid that's very defensive and uh, fights back and obnoxious. you kind of want to choke them you know <laughs> you know they got an attitude. Well, they've been violated too. they just don't have a way to tell you. And so those are factors in there as we begin to look at this. before I go any farther, one of the things that I have thought about a lot is how do you help those kids? Some of them are from foster care. Some of them are from homeless. Get involved with a group home, If especially if you're a church. You know, set up a cooking demonstration. Go out to your church, uh, to your local group home. Have them put on a cooking demonstration. Leave them, you know, uh, what do you call that, Uh, uh plastic what do you call that when you give them a recipe card that's encased in plastic I can't think of that word (laughs) anyway but give them something that they can take away for when they're independent they now have their own private recipes and you built a bond with them and you can have a lot of fun cooking with them and arrange it with your group home to do that so that you can start to bond what will be interesting to you is that if you go back in a month about 75% of those kids will be different than the ones that you just did. Group mm-hmm. homes are kids who have no place to stay. Yes. And so they park them there. And they, these kids are extremely vulnerable. There are four words that I always want to share with you because I believe this is the key to fighting human trafficking. I don't care how old the victim is. This is the most important four words that you can arm yourself with. So if you remember nothing else I said today... Remember these four words. I believe in you. It's powerful, folks. I'm telling you, that's what we all want to hear. We've all done some stupid stuff in our life because of the hope and the prayer that a particular person that we latched onto believes in us. And that is why they're so easy for a predator to groom. If you can begin to give that to another human being and help them find the power of that within themselves, you see, the key to fighting human trafficking is helping these young kids understand their worth, especially if you have a faith-based background, because then you know that you're a loved child of Christ. But if you've had very little parenting, if you've been moved from home to home, or that parent violated you, well, the other parent must have known and didn't do anything. If you've been in that situation, it is hard to believe that anybody believes in you. And now they're 11, 12, 13 years old, and we had them a smartphone, or they get one at the library somewhere, and they start to reach out. And what they're looking for is someone to believe in them. And that's exactly what that pimp is selling her. I don't care if she's 44 or 14. He'll come in and say, hey, baby, you know, you're something special. You're not like other girls. You're more sophisticated. You're more mature. You're really, really smart. It's no accident that he's daddy and she's wifey. Do you get that superior position there? He's going to take care of her. And he believes in her. But what if we can get there first? And I believe with all my heart that while it sounds simplistic, It is probably one of the most difficult tasks you'll ever undertake, but what an amazing mission for people to undertake, to get out there and begin to get to know these people. One of the things that I think is important, especially in group homes and foster homes, but in all young people in youth groups, especially 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, is who are you? I'd like to create a game called Create Yourself. Are you funny? Are you serious? Are you really really smart are you are you lovable and easy to deal with are you uh, intellectual you know uh, are you good with math maybe you're an actor maybe you're good with art you know so who do you think you are now and then what do you want to be you see I don't believe that anybody these days spends time with enough time with kids to help them visualize who they can be and that's really true if you're in the system I saw this billboard called create yourself i think it's for an art school but i thought to myself the power of that in fighting sex trafficking i i um i think back to my own childhood when i was about uh, 14 i had no clue who i was i became i became in the thespian club the acting club and uh, i went out and tried out different characters And I think that's a healthy thing for our young people to do. Number one, it gets them off the Internet. And number two, it causes them to interact with other people and try out different feelings and emotions and let them feel the power that they have. I share with young people that self-esteem is a gift you give yourself. And I think kids in the system have no way of understanding that until you can talk about it. Think about the power of that. If self-esteem is a gift you give yourself, nobody can take that away from you. If it's a decision I make, then I nobody can take it away from me. And think about how empowering that is for a young person. I want to teach our girls that they are so powerful and so smart and so confident. They can look at these guys in the eyes and tell them to flip off or some other less Christian term. I don't care what word they use. I want them to look at these creeps and be able to say, go on down the street. I am too good for you, and you're not getting me. And I want them to know the power of that, that kind of kick to the gut to these creeps. I'm resisting saying a worse word. (laughs) But you get my feeling here. The key to fighting this, it's not enough just to talk about how bad this is. We have to equip people to stand against it, and the way we do that is we reach out to these kids who are vulnerable, and we show them how to find their inner strength. Well, we're at the halftime here. Susie's going to give us a couple of cases we're going to review at the next section. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Well hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Our call in number in the U.S. is 866-472-5788. We'd encourage you to go on Me and Kids Facebook page and let us know who you are and if you're listening to the show, where you're at, and what you like about it. Whether it's in archive or whether you're listening live, most of our people listen archive because this goes to 170 countries, and I've been blown away by the number of people in uh, Germany and the UK that are following us, and Italy, and Canada, and <laughs> uh, and Japan, and China. And by the way, the stuff that we're telling you is uh, applicable to the US but quite frankly it is also applicable around the world because I Susie and I both look at these cases we look at every human trafficking case in America every day and many many of the global cases we do that because I have a heart for what is going on around the world and what we have just talked about is no different here than it is in Croatia although there are some factors there that are really uh, accelerating it factors in uh, Germany the UK, uh, Eastern Europe, because of all the refugee and the migration issues that are going on. And by the way, it's also true heavily throughout the Asian community, because in in uh, Southeast Asia, I work out of Cambodia, although I haven't been there recently, but I will be shortly, I have a, a personal issue that I'm dealing with there. But You know the same kind of thing happens a a child is uncertain and we're going to cover a wide variety I've just about decided to make this into a three-part series because I so much (laughs) we haven't hit here but think about this it is no different whether you're living in uh, Berlin or if you're living in Milan or if you're living in Batonbang Cambodia or here in the US young girls are particularly vulnerable now, as we get to the older uh, people, meaning 17, 18, 19, not, not older like we think, you'll start to see that that their life circumstances is a huge issue, that they're more willing to take chances because they got lured in on the sense that maybe they can you know, make some money, get a job, go to school get a modeling uh, contract or something like that. I say all this because I have been talking about ages 11, 12, and 13 because it's it's taking a lot longer, but I've asked Susie to cover a couple of cases. Now, these are adult cases, and they're hardcore gang cases, and the reason I'm, I want to kind of pull you away from the child thing and look at these is because... You know, there is a wide range. I want you to see the juxtaposition, if you will, between adult trafficking and and a young girl that gets lured in from a runaway. So we're going to cover all these areas. So go ahead, Susie, pick one and let's talk about it. And, And you, our viewers, our listeners, I want you to take a look at this and understand how we analyze the case. So we want you to do the same thing as you're teaching yourself by looking at the Million Kids uh, Facebook page, look at the cases, and use this method of analysis. Okay, Susie.
0: Okay, so the first story I thought I'd, I'd kind of uh, go over is, it's the title is Topeka Woman Pleads Guilty in Sex Trafficking Case. And one of the things I also wanted to point out um, as we've been talking is that this isn't limited to uh, inner cities. Uh, Trafficking can happen in rural areas. It can happen in the city. It can happen in the suburbs. It's happening everywhere. Uh, In this case, this is Topeka, and a Topeka woman pleaded guilty to sex trafficking of a minor. Um, That's probably the charge they really got her on. Uh, The U.S. Attorney's Office says that 36-year-old Michaela, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to pronounce her last name (laughs) right, It's like Hekia, Hekia, it's H-E-K-E-K-I-A. She pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy. In her plea, she admitted to training a minor female to work as a prostitute and transporting the girl from Kansas to a motel in Joplin, Missouri, to work as a prostitute. The U.S. Attorney's Office says that uh, Michaela admitted conspiring with co-defendants to run a Topeka-based prostitution business that operated in Kansas Missouri, and Nebraska. At times, as many as 20 females were working as prostitutes for the organization. The leader of the organization rented houses where some of the prostitutes were allowed to live. The organization used websites, social media, and cell phones to advertise sexual services and to keep track of the prostitutes. Uh, Michaela says she started working for the organization as a prostitute and gradually took on other duties, including recruiting and training sex workers and managing advertising for sex services. She's set to be sentenced in uh, late March. And I think some of the important points here is, and the first thing I have to say for those who are um, maybe not educated um, as to proper terminology these days. I know there's a legal term, uh, but when we are talking about sex trafficking of a minor, a minor cannot consent, they're not prostitutes, they're victims of child sex trafficking. So that would be a more appropriate term, but as you and I know, Opal, um, many journalists don't quite get that.
2: Oh yeah, we had one this last week that was just horrendous. Oh, the story was bad. It was really bad. Anyway, so we may never get past this case today, folks. Bear with me because if we're going to really educate about Human Trafficking 101, here's a good case to look at. Now, the first thing, just to share with you how Susie and I work with this and how I work with this, the first thing I would do is I would never stop with this one particular case what I would do is start to run everything that I can about this case and see various reports on it. Mm -hmm. Because what you're going to find is different reporters use different ways that they report these cases. Now, many of them are the same repeat of a case. But I happen to know because when this woman was first arrested, this is her plea deal. Now, keep in mind, these cases come out, she's arrested, then you get a, a case where she's charged, then you get a case where she pleads, and then you get the final Ruling. So you'll often have as many as three or four stories on this, and different reporters will report different things. And then, if you're really good at the research, you can often find the Department of Justice or Homeland Security's actual formal release. So, whenever I do something like this, I never just take one story like this, but it's a good example for you, this case right here, because what have we learned about this case? Now, she's pleading guilty to sex trafficking of a minor, but she started out, she says, as she admitted, uh, somewhere along the line, she started out as a prostitute herself. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right in this particular article? If not, I read that, it yes, some previous, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, now, first of all, as Susie says, one of the things that should have happened in this article is that the reporter should have come in and said that there are 20 victims in this, 20 survivors, and that they're they are they're saying that they should have said what services are being provided to them and that they're getting care and assistance. This is important because this is a report on a legal case. And one of the things you have to look at is when you're reading these stories is that that they're reporting the legality, so they're using the legal word prostitute. Now, that's offensive to someone who is a survivor, and I get that. Because you are a survivor, you're not a prostitute. However, this is reporting on a legal case. It's about uh, an indictment that is going on here. And so you are going to see these words in these legal cases. Now, it's an interesting thing here because once you start to research this, one of the things you can see is the journey of Makila from victim to perpetrator. And you really need to understand that journey if you're going to understand human trafficking. Because, and and quite frankly, this means that she's a bottom girl. I know that because it says in here that she... Uh, handled the other girl. She used websites, probably things like Backpage, Craigslist. Um, yeah. She did the social media. She got them the burner phones, the cell phones so they could set up dates. Um, and she they recruited... She- And she recruited, Mm -hmm. and she kept track of the girls. So this meant that she's, in fact, a true bottom girl. That is what a bottom girl does. A bottom girl is both victim and perpetrator. And we really, it is a very fine line, and in studying this business, to understand at what point are they charged as a perpetrator, and at what point is she let off as a victim. Well, this woman, quite frankly, as I recall, when she was first picked up, was really accused of some horrific stuff to these girls. So she had been, and she is now, how old is this girl? She's uh, 36. 36. So she's a pro, okay? This is a girl who's been in the life for a while and now in order in, in order to be a bottom girl you get promoted and i need to back up because i need to remember this is human trafficking 101 and some of you may not have a clue what i'm talking about There is something called a bottom girl, forgive my language, Uh, I don't like to say this word, but on the street it's bottom B, okay? We're just going to leave it at that because this may be playing out at churches. But I call her bottom girl just so you know what I'm talking about. This is a girl who started in the life and she eventually gets promoted. You cannot be a bottom girl if you weren't previously in the life. So you're already a victim. But once you get promoted, then this goes a lot of different ways. Some bottom girls are horribly abused. If you're a bottom girl in a gang life, in a bottom girl in a a sex trafficking ring, the abuse is horrific. They will often gang rape you just to show the other girls what's going to happen to them if they ever act out. They will beat them in horrific ways. They often burn them. So sometimes the bottom girl is heavily, heavily violated. And so therefore, she becomes absolutely brutal in self-defense because they're toughening her up to be like them. If she doesn't become like them, then she gets highly abused herself and gets demoted. So is this young lady a bottom girl in self-defense? Or is she a bottom girl because she's become aggressor? Each and every one of these cases is different. And that is why it's so difficult for uh, law enforcement. Think about this from a law enforcement point of view. We have all of these uh, advocate groups, including myself, that's out there reminding the law enforcement, these girls are victims. These girls are victims. Treat them like victims. They're innocent people who have been victimized. And the cop is saying, you bet. But did you see this? This girl just burned another woman. This girl just had, um, you know, raped a girl with an object. This girl just blah, 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 blah. Make up what you want to make up. They electrocuted her. So at what point is she victim and what point is she perpetrator? Each case is different. And we have to be careful with our bleeding heart as we lead out there and say, oh, the poor thing. Because many of these girls become very vicious in self-defense. If they don't, they get demoted. From what I read before, this particular lady had really been violated and had become a serious violator of other girls. And now she's getting her day in court. We are already up against a break, and we are really on a roll here. So I'm going to ask you guys stay with us. We'll, we'll uh, take this on at the next break. And um, stay with us. Be right back. We'll talk to you in a minute.
1: Leaders and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms Crimes Against Humanity Here again is Opal Singleton
2: Well hello and welcome back Susie and I are analyzing a case Called Topeka Woman Pleads Guilty In Sex Trafficking Case You can see that on our Facebook And by the way this show will be archived At exploitedcrimes.com and uh, we would ask you to go on and look at all these archive shows, this one here, especially if you want somebody, if you know somebody who wants uh, to start in education. This is a great show to start with, this particular series. I, we're already, I've decided this is going to be at least three parts. And uh, so share it with everybody you know. Forward it, get other people to look at it. Susie uh, had some great points on this case of the Topeka woman pleads guilty. You want to pick up on that, Susie?
0: Yeah, when when we were getting to break, uh, you were discussing how the bottom girl is often the one who's made the example of in front of the other girls, um, and also on the flip side of that, the bottom girl is oftentimes considered to be the favorite in the in the group of girls. Um, what I've learned in in reading about narcissistic personality disorders and sociopaths, which oftentimes uh, pimps. That's what they are. You bet. Uh, yeah, they they use a tactic called triangulation, and triangulation would be to set these girls up in a constant competition for his attention, so that they are constantly fighting to be the best, to be his number one, to to please him, to 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 be that. And so that sets these girls up also with this other conflict in their heads about you know. Um, I, you're a victim, too, but at the same time, you're my enemy because that's my man. And, and it, it gets very, very convoluted for them emotionally and psychologically. The other point that I was thinking about in the story, uh, the, it said that the leader of the organization rented houses where some of the prostitutes were allowed to live. Um, and as you and I know, many kids uh, within the first 48 hours are, are uh, forced into survival sex. So for mm-hmm. them to have what they might think is a safe place to live, a house, a roof over their heads, um, could be appealing to them. And at the same time, because the pimps also use psychological warfare by, you call me daddy and your wifey and this and that, now they have this kind of really twisted sense of what family is. And so if you have... You know, a, a, a kid who, who really doesn't have family, um, they end up in this because they feel like this is my family, this is my home, and and despite the amount of abuse that goes on, and believe me, it's not always going to be abusive because, let's face it, these pimps know how to coerce these girls, and they will say and do anything to get them to get what they want.
2: You make some very powerful points here. I want to go back to this triangulation because I think that's a very, very important point. And that is one of the things we do, folks, is look at the psychological aspects of both the perpetrator and the victim in this. Think about the triangulation aspects. First of all, she's probably drugged and she's having to get her drugs from the bottom girl. So she's having to please the bottom girl, but in the meantime, she's competing with the bottom girl. And that bottom girl is the one that usually picks the dates that she gets and makes the ads. I saw an ad recently that just really, really sad to me, and and I just want to share what I mean. This ad is a beautiful, beautiful girl. She's supposedly 20, and this was on Backpage, and her headline was, Nasty as it gets, I do it all. And then it goes on to say she loves freaky, she loves kinky, and uh, she prefers fetishes.
0: Mm-hmm. I look
2: at this and I say, is this, what in the heck is going on here? What has happened is somebody's mad at her, and they don't care what happens to her. Mm -hmm. You see, you get a lot more money if you get into the weirdo kinky stuff the pimp does. So in a case like that, you think about this triangulation. If that female is writing that ad and she's mad at that girl, she can easily make an ad just like this about, I prefer kinky nasty as it gets, and you know this girl is going to be heavily violated, and that bottom girl is going to look like a hero because she brought in more money, and that pimp is not going to care. So I want you to think about that triangulation aspect, is that he's... He's using it so that the girls compete for his affection. And they reward these girls, by the way. A lot of times, if she does good, she can ride in the front of the car on the way to the motel, not in the back. She'll be allowed to walk on the sidewalk, not down on the pavement. Uh, Maybe they'll allow her to carry her own lipstick. Or maybe she can have sex with him. By the way, he always uses a condom, but he doesn't always let her use a condom. There's all these kind of goodies that they get as reward and rejection. In other words, you know, they, they use it as punishment also. So that girl has to have the approval of the bottom girl or she can be heavily violated by her. And she also needs the approval of the guy. But the minute that she's starting to get the approval of the guy, she's competing with the bottom girl. So there is never any success you know, And on top of it, no matter how many they do, case after case, I remember reading one case where this girl was a bottom girl and, and she came home and she had uh, had 16 encounters, I think the number one was, and she thought her pimp would be impressed. She's the bottom girl. And all he did was beat her that she had not done enough. So this is a complex situation in the bottom girl. I also wanted to point out about the rented house from a different point of view. Here, you see what I'm talking about. Don't just read these cases and walk away and go, "Oh, wow, that's terrible." Start to work with us, and we'll show you how to analyze these cases. Think about rented houses. You know what do we need to do? I just spoke to the uh, to, uh, to the, which was Lake Elsinore Housing Authority. Uh, last week on Friday before Christmas, Merry Christmas, anyway, uh, <laughs> or Thursday before Christmas, anyway, but I often speak to housing authorities because these are people who rent apartments and rent houses. A lot of this takes place in rental property, and we need to keep uh, uh, educate people at churches to keep an eye out for it. You may have a rental property where actually a couple moves in, and all of a sudden, there's like 20 guys coming every day. Your average neighborhood people would go, oh, my gosh, this is bad. I'm worried about my kids. And they never report it. You know, we see this in a case we analyzed about oh, five, six weeks ago down in Florida. You know, they, little kids were playing on their tricycles. And they go, like, 30 guys are pulling up. And they bring these women in with coats over their head. Hello. Call Mm -hmm. the police and say, I think I have a brothel going here. Or if you have an empty house, and all of a sudden, this usually takes place in migrant trafficking. All of a sudden, and by the way, it's really, really brutal. All of a sudden, what will happen is cars will be coming from everywhere, and you start to see these guys. Call the police if you see a high amount of people coming and going at odd hours and they're men, just you can call them, report anonymously, and say, I think that's a brothel in there. So that's what was happening in this case. So I hope that this has been helpful for you in analyzing uh, these cases and beginning to look at what we're talking about. This girl in this case is getting a reduced sentence. So that tells me that what is happening is she's cooperating with police. She, She has committed. I remember looking through the previous research, she did some nasty stuff to these people. And I bet you these 20 girls would like to see her get 20 or 30 or 40 years in prison. She is going to get a reduced sentence, but she will be sentenced in this. So I want you to take a look at each of these cases and see what you can learn. Well, we have already plowed through this. It's been amazing This how quickly this has gone, and I am going to make this into a three-part series. If this has been helpful to you, please go to Million Kids on Facebook and let us know for you. And if you want to make a year in donation to Million Kids, go to www.millionkids.org. We appreciate everything you give us. Every dime you give us goes to program services, making this happen. And we cannot do this work without you. This year, 2017, coming up is going to be an exciting year. There's all kinds of new technologies I'm putting together, what I hope to be the most informative presentation going on new technology. Thank you for supporting me and kids. Thank you for following us. We really hope that you'll share the show with everybody that you know. And we will see you... Next
0: in the year. new year. That's right. <laughs>
2: happy New Year. And Happy New Year.
1: <laughs> Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.